Hello and welcome, fellow music lover. My name is Zachary Stockhill, and you are listening to Travels in Music, the podcast that shares stories about music from around the world and explores a musical planet. Thank you for joining me today. My guest today is a backing singer for one of the most influential and important artists of our time. Jasmine Cruz has been singing with R&B titan Stevie Wonder for the past several years, touring on multiple continents and selling out arenas, festivals, and auditoriums in cities all around the world. Among the general public, it's only very recently that studio and touring musicians have been getting their due. Through popular documentaries such as Standing in the Shadows of Motown and 20 Feet from Stardom, only now are we finally starting to recognize the crucial contribution of musicians like Jasmine, whose famous employers depend on them, night after night, to shine. As concert-going audiences, we're often fixated on the artists we've paid money to see, and it can be easy to overlook the contribution of the musicians in the background. But the fact remains that legends like Stevie Wonder need the support and skill of people like Jasmine in order to make their performances all the more legendary. In today's interview, Jasmine and I talk about her life on tour, her decision to quit a lucrative corporate job in New York City to pursue a career in music, the challenges involved in trying to make it as an independent artist, making her debut with Stevie Wonder at the United Nations, and what it's like to have one of the most widely beloved figures in music as a boss. So I hope you enjoy sitting in on my chat with Stevie Wonder backing singer, Jasmine Cruz. So are you one of those people, I, I find L.A. to be a rather polarizing city. People either really love it or they really don't. Are you one of those people that really loves L.A.? You know what? I I love it. I try to love everywhere I live. Um, I lived in New York City and I loved it while I was there. And once I uh, was starting not to love it anymore, I came to L.A. <laughs> and, um, you know, ever since I moved here, I, I have to say I... I can see how it's a polarizing city, but um, I think, uh, you know, it's it's about who you're, you surround yourself with and, um, and and what you keep yourself busy with, you know. So I, I, I love it here. I'm close to music. I'm close to the thing that I'm passionate about. So that's pretty much the reason why I love it so much. And not to mention the weather is amazing, you know, but um, yeah, I, I love it here. What uh, what changed for you about in terms of uh, living in New York? What uh, why did you decide to leave? Well, there there were a lot of changes. Um, actually, when when I moved to New York, I I moved from Miami, um, and you know when I was in Miami, I was going through a lot of different changes. I graduated from college. I got a degree in business, and uh, then I said, okay, well, I have this degree, so. I guess let me just go to law school or something. And so I did the law school thing for a little bit and you know I was waking up every morning hating my life, you know, you have to you have to really love the law <laughs> to study it and and I just wasn't in love with it and it's a big sacrifice you know to make for something that you don't love. So at that point I was just like all right, this is not what I want to do. Um so I said to myself, let me just move somewhere. I mean, I, I've lived in Miami 
my whole life. This is all I know. Let me let me live somewhere else. So I started looking for jobs um, in random cities, New York, San Francisco, Houston. I mean, you name it, any major city. I was applying for jobs for entry level positions. And I finally got one in New York. I got a call for an interview. And, um, you know, I, I got a one-way ticket to New York. I was broke living off of what my parents were giving me. I mean, it was a mess. But I interviewed for this one job. And, and I got the job. And I was, you know, I was shocked. I, I got that one-way ticket. Um, and I, I didn't come back home, you know. So it was, it was amazing. I got really lucky. And I was living in New York. And I was going up the, uh, the ladder. You know, I had this job. Uh, as a studio manager. And then um, I, I worked my way up to a, a better job in marketing. And, you know, from there, I just started climbing those corporate stairs. And, you know, I I had a really stable life. And I was making great money. You know, I have no responsibilities. I'm not married. I don't have children. So, you know, I was wasting my money on things that I liked to do. And I was living the life, you know. I was young in my 20s. I'm still in my 20s. And um, I was I was so empty. Something was wrong. And I forgot to mention, uh, when I moved from Miami to New York, I, at that point, stopped singing. I was very disillusioned with the industry. Um, I had some, you know, things happen to me that kind of traumatized me. And I was like, you know what? I do not want to sing anymore. I'm just going to move to New York, start a new life, you know, maybe have the white picket fence American dream. And, you know, I, I was there and I was doing that and I was heading in that direction, but I was so unhappy. And, um, when I'm living in New York, I get a random phone call uh, from a music producer in Miami. His name is Rudy Perez. And I worked with him for years when I was in Miami. And he's kind of like the go-to guy for um, artists who are crossing over into the Latin music industry, part of the industry. So um, I, I did a lot of projects for him. I was able to sing on uh, Beyonce's album. I sang all her uh, demos that she was uh, singing in Spanish. I did all of her reference vocals so she would know how to pronounce things. I did background vocals, which she, you know, she kept on one of her albums, which which is a huge honor for me. Um, but yeah, I did all this stuff in music in Miami. And after I was, you know, effed over, um, I said, screw the music industry. Like, I'm going somewhere else and living a new life. So as I'm in New York, I got a phone call from Rudy. And Rudy says to me, out of the blue, do you want to sing with Stevie Wonder? How do you say no to that? Yeah, I, you can't. <laughs> I mean, you can't. And, and mind you, it had been like, what, four years since I had been on stage and, you know, really done anything. Um, so he calls me and he says, do you want to sing with Stevie Wonder? And at first I was just so confused. I mean... I, it, it was it was really confusing. I mean, just imagine you're just living life, going about your day, you know, and somebody asks you if you want to sing with Stevie Wonder. I mean, it was it was it was surreal. And of course, I said yes. I had no idea, you know, what it entailed or what was going to happen or how I would do, but you know, I couldn't turn it down. So um, I actually <laughs> got a phone call from Stevie himself 
it was eight o'clock in the morning on a Sunday and my phone rings and I see it's a, it's an LA number. And I was like, holy, sh you know, can I curse? I don't know. <laughs> you can curse all you want. You oh, can, yeah, oh, okay. I'm like trying to keep it. Peach here, but <laughs> Let's go to I, I, I curse like a sailor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, um, yeah, I, I saw my phone and I still had like a hoarse voice, you know, in the morning you wake up and like, you're like, Ugh. especially in a Sunday morning. Yeah, I can. Relate. Yeah, on Sunday. Like, so that was the last hour of the day I expected him to call me. But um, I ended up, you know, I saw the phone and then I said, OK, I have to do something about this hoarse voice because here Stevie Wonder is calling me the thing and I sound like a freaking frog. He's going to be like, <laughs> who in the world is singing for me? So what I did eight o'clock in the morning, I did some vocal exercises in like 20 seconds, which sounds something like, Whoa! you know, like, <laughs> did, did you put them, did you put them on hold or? Oh no, I didn't answer the phone yet. At oh, that okay. Point. I was just like trying to talk. You're just traumatizing your neighbors then and waiting for. Pretty, I, I'm sure people thought I was crazy. My roommates probably thought I was insane. But it had to happen. It had to be done. So, you know, it, it definitely worked. And um, I answered the phone and it was Stevie. And he said, hi, Jasmine. You know, I, I spoke to my friend Rudy and he recommended you uh, for for something that I'm doing. And I, I just wanted to ask you. And, you know, it was really it was really thoughtful. It was really nice of him. And Obviously, you know, I told him yes, and I had less than two days to prepare. Let me was... let me stop you there for a minute. So, had he heard you singing like uh, on on record before? Did you audition or, or, or anything like that? So, what happened was Rudy. So, when he called Rudy, he said, "I need a singer who can sing in Spanish who lives in New York." And of course, Rudy thought of me because I live in New York and I sing in Spanish and, you know, I'd worked with him. So he sent Stevie some demos of stuff that we, we did in the past. Um, and I think that was enough for him to uh, validate, you know, my talent or whatever. Were you surprised that he didn't want to sit you down for like an audition beforehand? You know, I really didn't have time to think about it at that time. Um, it was just like, do you want to do this? Yes. Okay. Get it done. You know, I, I didn't have time to sit back and really realize what was happening to me. That came a little later. <laughs> um, you know, for that, that event was, uh, for the United Nations, Stevie, he's an ambassador of peace for the United Nations. So he has a song called, uh, Nicolela, I am singing. It's on his Songs in the Key of Life album, and there is a verse in Spanish. So he wanted a, uh, you know, authentically Spanish singer to come and sing it. And um, so I, I said yes. I had less than two days to prepare, and, and I did it. And they, they um, broadcasted this show live. Over a million people worldwide saw it. And, you know, it was pretty cool to be a part of something so special. Um. After that, I after the show was over, I went to Stevie's dressing room and um, I, you know, thanked him and I told him like I hadn't been on stage in so many years and thank you, you know, the whole thing. And I'll never forget, he said, it's not goodbye, it's see you later. 
And of course, you know, you hear people say like say that kind of thing, especially someone like Stevie Wonder. And you just think, oh, that's so sweet. And, you know, you just go about your day. You know, you don't even give it much thought. That's what I did. And, um, I, you know, my, my life was made. Like, I was like, wow, that's it. Like, I made it. <laughs> Absolutely. I stuck with Stevie Wonder, you know, like I was, I just felt so accomplished and, and I had so much gratitude for that. And little did I know, a few months later, he would uh, call me, his people would call me again to do a couple of shows. Um, and I mean, that was pretty much my audition. My audition was uh, the UN um, the UN show that we did. And looking back now, you know, he called me for those other shows after that, and he's been calling me ever since, and I've been on tour with him, and, you know, it's it's been amazing. I've learned so much, and he's just one of the most humble, just amazing human beings, compassionate uh, he, he's he's really just something special, and I'm really lucky to work with him. To be quite honest with you. Well, let let me ask you: When you were performing at the UN with with Stevie Wonder, I mean, were you were you nervous? Were you internally freaking out? Like, or or did you feel sort of calm throughout that experience? Yes, I was freaking out. Um, but you because, know, right- because you're singing with Stevie freaking Wonder, you know, like yeah, no, I, I was I was freaking out. But right before I went on stage, I talked to myself and I said, you know what? He asked you for a reason. You're here. So you better just go and give it all you got and and smile and just love every second of it. And that's what I did. That's great. So mm-hmm. so when when was the point when you decided to quit your job in New York? Well, um, so I was doing the nine to five thing and... I was also going on tour with Stevie Um, and I was, it was, I was really conflicted, you know, because I, like I had built, you know, I started to build a life in New York and my job was actually pretty okay with me taking time off whenever I had uh, Stevie gigs and, um, and tours and whatnot. Um, But again, I was, I was feeling so, uh, just down and empty whenever I wasn't singing with Stevie. I would just go back to work, do, you know, the day-to-day nine-to-five, and it, it, I was just feeling not cool. So I was like, I need to do something about this. And so I went on, on tour with him. We did a European tour, and I took a month off of work and got, a you know, somebody to come and do the work that I was doing temporarily. And as soon as I got back, I got an email saying, uh, yeah, we're going on tour again in November for a month and a half. And I was like, oh, geez, my bosses are not going to like this, you know. Right. I mean, there's, so, there's only so much, you know, temp work somebody can do. And, you know, while you're gone and stuff, you, you're needed at your job, you know. So I thought about that. And I thought about how, you know, my true um, passion and what I really wanted to do was was work on music. 
And, you know, there was pros and cons. I had to think about, you know, I'm going to lose the stability that I have. I'm going to lose, you know, this this life in New York if I move to L.A. And, you know, it was it was a lot of uh, thinking and, and, you know, just going through the pros and cons, like I said. And, you know, I, I just I had to make a decision. So um, instead of asking my boss, uh, you know, can I take a month off? I said, hi, like I'm going to go on tour again and I'm not coming back. Wow, and that's what I did. I I saved some money, and um, after I came back from that tour, I got everything ready. I moved out of my apartment that I was living in, um, and went home for a little bit. Went went to Miami to spend time with my family, and on January fifth of last year, I got a one way ticket to LA. So I've been here since, and you know it's it's a different life. I don't have the stability that I had when I was working in New York. I don't know when I'm going to make money. I don't know, you know, like how how this is going to go. But what I do know is that I love what I'm doing. I love music. I love creating. I love singing. So in the midst of all of that, worrying about money and how I'm going to get my next check and all of that, it doesn't even matter, to be quite honest. Um, you I'm never happy. have you never have moments of of um, I won't say regret, but say anxiety. I mean, the, the entertainment industry is is uh, there's not a whole lot of job security, um, and I'm just curious. Like, do you ever have moments of like, oh my god, what have I done? Mm, well, not oh my god, what have I done? I think about what my life would be like if I hadn't made the move, but I don't regret it at all. I mean, I. There's nothing else that I'd rather do. There's nothing else that I'm this good at. There's nothing else that brings me this much, you know, uh, this much joy. So it just really doesn't matter. Like I'm here now. I've been here and I'm just looking ahead and, and trying to, you know, make my way in the industry. I'm, I'm in the middle of working on an EP, um, which I'm really excited about because, you know, I, I sing other people's music and I love singing, so it's not a bad thing, but there's just nothing like creating a song and singing it yourself. And it's just so real. It's so, it's amazing. You know, you live in the moment and it's, it's really like an enlightening feeling. Like it, it's, it's amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. And in another interview, you mentioned that, and I found that really intriguing. You said you described the experience of singing as taking taking a peek into enlightenment or something to that effect. So what, what exactly did you mean by that? Well, you know, uh, the basis of enlightenment is living in the moment, living in the now. Um, and when you create, when you sing, when you do something artistic, you are living in the moment. Like you have, there's no care in the world in your mind at that particular moment. You're not thinking about, bills you're not thinking about you know what you have to do tomorrow when you are I mean and that's one thing I love about going out and watching live music when somebody picks up their guitar or their bass or you have a you know beautiful or handsome singer whatever singing they're just there's just something about listening to these people and watching them play and and sing 
it just it makes me so happy because I can just see and I can feel how in the moment they are like and it's I don't know what it is about that but I, I just love that I love seeing people be happy I love being happy you know and so when you do something that you love you really I mean think about something that you love Think about doing that thing and and being in that like what else are you gonna think of in that moment? Nothing. Yeah. You're just so happy to be doing what you love, and it's just it's so cool. Like and that's that's why I do this. That's why I do this. You know. You're so right. And don't you find like with with the things that we love, the things that we're really good at, it's so easy to get wrapped up in it. You don't even realize that two or three hours have gone by or whatever because you're so present. You know, you're so focused on what you're doing right exactly. in the moment. Yeah. Exactly. Yesterday I was in the studio from noon to past midnight and it felt like I was there for four hours, you know, like yeah. I, and it really, it's just, it doesn't bother you. It doesn't, you know, I, there's little frustrations that happen when you're trying to think of something, but it's just, a, it's a, it's a happy frustration. It's a challenge, you know, like, and, and I can do this every day for hours yeah. when I rise from when I rise till I go to bed, like, and it's just, it's, it's great. I don't have to get paid for it. You know, it would be nice to, <laughs> yeah, that, that, <laughs> to that helps. Sick and, you know, and it, and it be my livelihood, which is what I'm aiming for. Um, but it's, it's, it's amazing. I'm, 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 I'm a really happy person ever since I moved to LA. I don't have as much money. You know, I have to watch how I spend and, you know, I have to be careful and whatever, but I'm so much happier than I was when I had an abundance of money. You can, you can really hear it in your voice. You you can tell when someone's not happy just, just by the tenor of their, the timber of their voice. You can, you can definitely hear it in your voice. Talking, well, talking about, <laughs> yeah, talking about happiness. I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this um, in emails, but I actually went to see you in, uh, play with Stevie back in October and talk about happiness. I mean, like 15,000 people just like I had one of those experiences, you know, where where your your uh, your face is sore the next day because you were smiling so hard for like an extended period of time. I'm, I'm a massive Stevie fan. So it was just, you know, it was terrific. But I'm curious, like, so, you know, you walk out on stage, mm-hmm. 15,000 people, whatever, are there to see uh, Stevie and, and, and his band. Is mm-hmm. it a, do you feel like... Um, I won't say overwhelmed, but is there any nerves associated with that, or do you feel humbled, or how does that feel at the beginning of the show when you know the curtains rise and you're there and there's fifteen thousand people there? You know, it's it's almost hard to put it into words. It's it's you know, and it's crazy. I mean, I I feel like sometimes I. I can't believe it. I I go through roller coaster of emotions during a TV show. Sometimes I, you know, have to pinch myself because I can't believe it. I mean, it doesn't matter how many shows I do with the guy. I I'm always in awe that I'm in the position that I'm in to be singing for him. You know, um, but you know, I don't feel nervous anymore because I've been doing it so much. I just feel it's a thrill. It's a thrill because every time, every time, every single time. And I think everybody in that band feels the same way. There's just no way that you can play or sing Stevie Wonder's music and not be happy. Yeah, It, it, it just it, it can't happen. 
And if so, if that if that's happened to someone, I'd like to meet that person because I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> but yeah, it, I yeah, it's it's a euphoric feeling. What's he like to work with? It, does he know? Does he like know exactly what he wants from his band? Does he really hold you to that, or does he give you a little more artistic freedom? Or what? What sort of a boss is Stevie Wonder? It's it's a mix of both. He knows what he wants, and he'll tell everybody, you know, what he wants. But at the same time, he gives, um, he gives us the the f- you know freedom at some points during the shows to to shine and you know, and, and be ourselves. I, I know, I don't know if in the October show you saw me sing, um, he gave me a song to sing, Besame Mucho, which yes. is a song of ballad. Yes. Yeah, so that was like my moment. And he gave all the singers a moment. Um, and randomly through shows, he'll give, you know, the keyboard players or the drummers. You know, he, he, he definitely is uh, very aware of every single person in the band. Um, and he's aware of people's strengths and people's weaknesses and he plays up on everybody's strengths. And, you know, I, I know that I've gotten so much better since I worked with him and I don't think, you know, I'm the greatest singer that's ever existed, you know, but I mean, I, I definitely have gotten so much better since I've worked with Stevie and, um, and yeah, I, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> that's quite all right and the other thing i wanted to ask you is so i saw you on this uh songs of in the key of life tour right which is probably my favorite stevie album it's tied between that and talking book i'm very torn but it's just tremendous so what what's the the preparation like do you do you go somewhere and hole up for a series of um practice sessions or or how does that so, work before the tour began um we actually had like a week long rehearsal in Los Angeles. And um, after that was for the first tour of Songs in the Key of Life. After that, when we took a break, we would just have a day to refresh um, and then just go back at it. And um, are you playing like, are you playing for like a few hours a day or longer than that? Or what's that like? He He's interesting. He, he doesn't really require too much um, rehearsal and practice. As long as... When we get together, if everything sounds good and tight, we can do one song and he'll be happy with it. Hmm. You know, like he's not very demanding. And and I guess it's because I, I mean, it's one of the greatest bands ever in history to be put together. I mean, I, all of these musicians, you just have no idea the caliber of people that I'm working with. Um, from the keyboard players, the guitarists, uh, the drummers. Well, the you guys, you guys are incredibly tight. I mean, I remember th- thinking that at the time, like that—that that is a, a well-rehearsed, well-traveled uh, group of musicians, and you work really well together. We absolutely do, and everybody there has good vibes. And Stevie's a vibes person, and you know, he he definitely hires people based on their energy in addition to their talent, you know, if, if you're really talented, but you're an asshole, more than likely you're not going to be on the Stevie Wonder gig. Right. Or you'll be on it like a couple of times and then you'll be out because he just doesn't do that. Um, but yeah, it's it's good vibes, good energy. People get along. We laugh together. We talk to each other. We're there for each other. It's, it's really like family, to be honest. What was your exposure to Stevie Wonder's music before you got this gig? Like, did you grow up a fan or? 
Well, yeah, I grew up a fan of his, of the songs that were like the most popular. Um, I was like a church kid and I wasn't really allowed to like have, you know, music, like worldly music. But uh, there were yeah. some songs that, you know, were okay. And usually Stevie Wonder songs were those. I just called to say I love you, Superstitious, you know, all of his hits that were well known. I loved and I followed and I sang, you know. Um, so I didn't really have that luxury growing up to have access to his music. But once I did, I mean, it was over, you know. Yeah. He's all of his music. He's a tremendous lyricist. He plays like tons of instruments, and you know, his influence is just unreal. Well, I know, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, uh, to say the least. But like, if you look, I always tell people, like, you look at the run of albums he made in the 70s, absolutely unparalleled. I mean, there's no one who is that consistent, that inventive, that influential for that period. I mean, it's really astonishing looking back. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I wasn't alive in the 70s, but... <laughs> Neither was I. <laughs> but I wish I was, because it was just a funky, groovy, awesome time. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask you about um, is... In another interview, you sort of walked um, the interviewer through a day in the life on tour. I'm curious about what happens after the performance. Like, you know, you've just had this incredible, very intense experience on stage. You've got all this energy in that room. Um, I assume there's lots of, you know, there's lots of energy. Um, how do you come down from that? Like, what is it like after the performance? <laughs> you know, it depends on the city. Um if we're like, you know, in a small town somewhere, the turn up isn't too uh, too crazy because there's really nothing to do. But, you know, if we're somewhere like New York City, we're, you know, in the back and we start drinking and laughing. And, you know, there's usually more guests when we go to a bigger city. So um, we get together with our guests backstage and, you know, it's definitely a party and and. I mean, it's not cra too crazy, but we, we definitely like to have fun and, you know, we turn up the music in the dressing rooms and we start dancing and taking silly videos and it's it's awesome. It's awesome. A after a show in like a smaller town, we try to like, you know, turn up in the back, but the energy definitely comes back down a lot quicker. So if, so you're, if you're stuck in Kansas City or something, the energy is not quite quite there no, no. <laughs> i love you kansas city yeah. but not exactly <laughs> right. um yeah yeah and like somewhere like again new york city forget it you know new york is a city that that never sleeps so there's things open and so yeah it's 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 definitely a party sometimes tell me uh what you're working on right now so right now i'm working on original music um with an amazing producer, Stanley Randolph. He's also actually Stevie's drummer. Um, and he's so talented and we just work so well together. And I'm also writing um, with an amazing artist. His name is Billy West. Um, and it's just, yeah, they, we've just been working at it. It's a beautiful urban electronic R&B pop kind of situation. I don't even know how to categorize it. It's really tough navigating this industry, um, you know, from the A&Rs to, you know, the labels and stuff. It's, it's, it's hard to navigate, but I'm hoping that um, when I'm done with this project that my music will, will speak for itself and, you know, and people will, will hear it and believe it and, and love it. And that's my goal. 
um, when I'm when I'm writing and creating, I need to absolutely love it. Like I I've had the privilege and the honor of working with some really talented producers and songwriters over the years, and you know I just won't settle for anything less than awesome when I'm writing and creating. I mean it has if I don't love it then it it's I mean I love everything I do but <laughs> that's because like I just put so much effort and and time and hard work into it and and I I try to listen and and really look at it from an outside perspective and you know I want to love it but I want other people to love it and so yeah like I think it's it's going to be good. It's going to be great. So when uh, do you have any idea any kind of release date? Um you know what? I don't. I might do the um I might just creep in and just drop some stuff on SoundCloud on a random day. You like you pull know? a Beyonce and just drop a record like straight <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, Beyonce, man. She's <laughs> something else. Um you know, yeah, I I I guess I just want to see how people feel about it and you know I I'm an independent artist and and the support that I'm gonna get if I get it is is gonna be a super grassroots type of situation you know I I'm this is all funded by me by Stanley and you know we're we're just kind of trying to do this on our own so it's definitely an uphill battle you know but but I'm ready to climb it I'm 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 ready to do it and it's all because I love it. You can't do music if you don't absolutely love it because you don't know what the outcome is going to be. But if you do it and you love it the whole time, it doesn't even matter what it is. You know, I'm going to look back at all these days and hours that I spent in the studio and just smile no matter what, you know. That's great. I'm, I'm very glad to hear it. Thank you. Jasmine Thank you. Cruz, it was a real treat talking to you today. So thanks, thanks very much for making time for me. Thanks for having me. I got this, you don't have to worry about a thing. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't have to worry about a thing. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't have to worry about a thing. So you were just listening to what Jasmine's been working on lately. She sent me a, a very brief snippet of, uh, of one of her upcoming songs. And if you like the sound of that and you'd like to learn more about Jasmine and her work, you can visit travelsinmusic.com slash jasmine with an S. So travelsinmusic.com slash J-A-S-M-I-N. And I'll post links to where you can find her and, uh, and check out her stuff. At this point in my program, you probably know what's coming, but I'll say it anyway. I'd like to thank you so much for your support. And I'd also like to remind you that the best way you can help my show is to subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating and review. I'd really appreciate it a lot. You can also follow me on Twitter at Travels in Music, and you can find me on the internet at travelsinmusic.com. And if you visit me at travelsinmusic.com, do be sure to sign up for the mailing list because I've got some really great new episodes coming out with some fascinating people. I think you'll really enjoy them. And my mailing list is I send out every week. I send out a weekly wrap-up featuring links to, to the episodes and links to what I'm listening to lately, and it's been getting a lot of really good responses so far. So be sure to sign up at travelsinmusic.com. But until next time, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your ears, as always. And remember that life is short, so be sure to listen to good music and have yourself a good time. Thanks a lot.